All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome in to Season 9, Episode 28 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Please play responsibly. Ontario only, and must be 19 years of age or older. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. It is a very happy week on the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Biebs and myself, massive Detroit Lions fans. We get our first playoff win in ages. And Dylan D. Burke, Never seen a, one in my life. A massive Green Bay Packers fan. They went into Dallas, pulled off a slaughtering upset of the obviously horrendous playoff Dallas Cowboys. And we are both headed off to the divisional round playoffs in the NFC on a collision course for a meeting in Detroit in a week from now, obviously. Uh, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, two best quarterbacks in the league. Heard it here first on this notoriously great fantasy football podcast. Uh, but yeah, we'll start with Beebs. Beebs, you had a, a fun week. You you got a few days off from DFO. Must have been nice. Your fingers are probably feeling pretty good. You got to witness the Detroit Lions win first playoff game in your life. And you got to spend the weekend in Montreal and then also watch the avalanche lose the Canadians, which is objectively hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take that trade any day. I'll take the lions win. And I was, uh, I was explaining to my dad earlier today. I was like, I kind of just 
kept wanting Montreal to score because that place is so electric that when they score, it's like songs start going. At one point, they had the uh, they had a Cole Caulfield had a dirty snipe off the wall, and they they're all saying like a song about how the other team's defense is terrified of Cole Caulfield. I'm like the whole arena is going. It was it was awesome. So yeah, so if you're gonna watch a loss, that's a great place to do it. I was absolutely floored by uh, the bell center they had cheerleaders up in my section every time that anything would happen you know you go on whistle and everyone's like partying it was it was nuts it was a great little game um so yep tough to watch colorado lose but got to see kill mccarr gino which uh you know made me pop out of my seat but um yeah i'm back and uh and and refreshed as you can tell pretty much the opposite of, of brock right now so um thank you brock for covering and uh and d of course and uh and and but uh d how you doing over there you guys got to stay in windsor which was somehow colder than montreal over these past couple days so look who decided to go on a uh on a nice warm vacation it was me it was good not in windsor but uh close enough and it was still very cold up here in richmond hill but um but no doing good as brock said it was a great weekend uh puts you in a great mood all week long um you know i didn't even really have to sweat that game that much it was one it was a blowout and then two you know we kind of got the happy to be here sort of vibes whereas you guys i think were really uh, sweating over inviting Matthew Stafford back in a Ford field. Um, but I don't want to dwell on the football too much. We got some fantasy puck to talk about, but yeah, looking forward to this weekend and looking forward to hopefully beating that nine and a half point spread at the very least down in San Francisco. My favorite Santa thing, Clara, I should say my favorite thing of the weekend was just uh, when they interviewed Kyle Shanahan, they're like, he's so when you start prepping for green Bay, it's like second quarter, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, Below out central, but yeah, uh, as D alluded to, this is still a fantasy hockey podcast. We are going to be talking fantasy hockey today, of course. And we were going to kind of change gears and, and do something other than waiver wire pickups because we feel like we've been talking about waiver wire pickups a lot lately, but it's just kind of that time of year. And when I started going through some of the serious injuries that we have uh, at the forward position, both center and wing. Uh, it just seemed to make sense that we've got teams that are obviously struggling with injuries and they're looking for pickups um, in my, in a couple of my leagues. Like I'm just absolutely decimated. Like it's just unbelievable. The injuries that I I'm, I'm going through and I've kind of like waved the white flag at, you know, I had, it was in first place. The injury started to mount and I've basically just waved the white flag lost a couple of weeks. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to drop any of these good players. I'm just going to take a couple L's and hopefully they're back and, and good to go. Like it, it was just, it was nice to get Kyle Connor back the other day. And then the goes out simultaneously. It's like son of a bitch. It's never going to get better, but we'll start with the centers. What we're going to do uh, is I've got a couple of groups in, in terms of over 30% and under 30% owned. Um, basically players that are worthwhile pickups kind of regardless of your format. And we're going to give you our favorite uh, of each group. So overall, we've got two groups of centers, two groups of wingers, and we're going to give you our top picks uh, at center above 30%, under 30%, and our top picks at wing uh, over 30% and under 30%. Again, obviously we're not going to be talking about players that are 70%, 60% in between, 50 and 30 is, is kind of the threshold here. So just to, to reiterate some of the big center injuries currently, uh, Jack Hughes remains week to week. We got an update from that today. So obviously uh, a first round pick uh, out for many more weeks. Jack Eichel out indefinitely after having what was deemed lower body surgery. I'm not sure what that means. Could be literally anything. Yeah, um, uh, our coach came out today though. And he did say he, they plan on him being at least back this season. So that was the update there, which I was like, that's not good. Um, so ominous. so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be some time. Next we have Mark Shifley, who is not, um, Expected to be out too long term. He could be back by the weekend. Connor Bedard, he's back skating. 
with a broken jaw with the bubble on. I, and it, bubble. It, it was kind of hilarious because like everybody was like, there were so many accounts that were just like, oh my God, Bedard's on the ice. He's just built different. I'm like, he broke his face, not his feet. Yeah. Like he can skate. Like, yeah, I'm sure his jaw hurts, but like, why is this that crazy? Like he's like, he can't also, fall. That would yeah. that'd be pretty painful. Also, yeah, but, the bubble's making a comeback. We got Boone Jenner playing tomorrow. Coming back, Tom Wilson's um, been playing. I believe it's one. been six weeks, and uh, Boone has confirmed he will be rocking the bubble tomorrow. <laughs> Roman Alf had one on last night. Yeah, Ooh, Tom Wilson's been rocking one. Tom Wilson wearing one is is horrifying because like he's just out there running guys over, then they try you know, to fight him. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" Well, it's nuts too because like there's always there's a thing in beer league. It's like the guy with the cage is always like the biggest to talk because he has that shield to block him. It's like imagine Tom Wilson with that extra defense from him. Like you're you're done, you're done. Yeah. So yeah, and then you go to face wash, but it's like you're just doing a window. Um, but no, maybe bubble bubble might be the new thing. I'm cool with it too. Like fine. I hope it's not. But uh, Josh Norris also out um, more day to day than anything, but uh, still not expected to play. Um, tomorrow and uh maddie veneers he has you know not super high owned but he's been coming on a little bit and he's out again it's believed to be potentially a concussion stemming from a hit from cole sillinger over the week and and uh he is out as well so some of the top center pickups um i'll just list them off and then d we'll start with you then Beebs, give me your favorite pickups in this 30 to 50 percent bucket first is cole perfetti from the winnipeg jets center left wing eligible 38 percent owned Next is Charlie Coyle, Boston Bruins center, 36% owned. Michael Backlund of the Calgary Flames, 33% owned. Casey Middlestad of the Buffalo Sabres, 32%. Sean Couturier of the Flyers, 31%. He is currently dealing with an injury, but is believed to be minor, so he should be back by their next game, potentially. And Sam Bennett, Florida Panthers, 30% owned. D, who is your favorite pickup out of this bucket? Uh, right now, it would be Charlie Coyle uh, for the same reason that I love Morgan Geeky. I'm trying to think if it was last week or the week before, but Coyle has kind of supplanted him uh, on that top line, centering David Pasternak, which is what you really love to see, uh, and Brad Marchand uh, as well, which is just fantastic, skating on the top power play unit right now. Uh, and Coyle's been on a bit of a heater. He's really taken advantage of it. Uh, even going back a little bit further, he's got seven points in his last nine games, 26 shots on goal, so almost three shots a game over that stretch and the shots have just climbed up even higher in the last few games since he's moved up to that line. So uh, I think in the short term, as long as he's there, he offers the, you know, the most short-term value and someone who could uh, come as close to replicating the production of some of the guys we talked about. Obviously no one's replacing the likes uh, of Jack Hughes on the roster, or even Jack Eichel or, or Mark Shifley for that regard. But I think Coyle can get pretty close or if not eclipsing, as long as he's in that spot, the production of some of the other guys and quietly just put together a good season as well. 32 points across 43 games if you're looking for more of a long-term ad or if coils are simply not there because he's a little bit higher owned at 36 percent. i also like sean couturier he's banged up uh right now but he's just had a, such a solidified role uh as the first line center out in philadelphia playing a ton of minutes with travis konechny even had owen Tippett up there um the last couple of games which is great to see i think that would be you know your most productive three players all skating at once at 5v5 which is always great uh and couturier really solidified uh as a core piece of that top powerful unit as well, uh, Couturier's you know shot production has been there all season long. 113 shots in 40 games, shooting just 8.8 percent. Career 11.2 percent shooter. So I think there's probably some positive regression coming his way as well. So uh, yeah, I think if Coyle is gone, I, I would definitely look to Couturier, and he's probably getting dropped in a lot of leagues this week too, uh, with being banged up. Shouldn't be out too long. Uh, should be back before we know it. So those would be the the top two uh, guys I'd be looking at uh, in that group. No, I love them both, and and I, and I think there's definitely a case 
there for each. Um, and, and you could throw him in a bag with this third skater, in my opinion, uh, Casey Middlestad out in Buffalo for me. I just wanted to point him out um, just to not, you know, jump on top of the same thing that D jumped on there. Um, but Middlestad's been on absolute fire this year. He's currently on pace. He has 36 points or sorry, 38 points in 44 games. That puts him on pace for 71 points this year by the end of the year. And he's done that with only five power play points this year. Middlestad is currently now officially occupying power play one out in Buffalo. And that's just huge for him. We've seen him kind of excel recently due to this, uh, this move up, up the, up the lineup. He has 16 points in his last 14 games. Good for six goals and 10 assists. It's over a point per game. He also has 26 shots in those 14 games. That's the really glaring thing that kind of, honestly, it, it doesn't sound exciting. The 26 shots in 14 games, but it is better than what he's been doing all year. It is a good sign of things to come. Um, and while, while he's been doing that, he's just been dominating both sides of the ice. He's a plus 11, and uh and and throughout that time playing 18 minutes a night so they're proving that they can trust him they've thrown him up on that top line before so on in 5v5 with 33 points he is very dominant at the moment if he can click on that on that power play things could uh actually go better for middle set which is crazy when we're talking about a guy on pace for 71 points and under 30 percent owned um i think middle stat definitely definitely deserves to be a lot higher than he is here people are probably staying away because of the that shot production but um we've seen guys kind of break through the mold before like Robert Thomas obviously middle stat is gonna get you assists first but if you if you can get it on near point per game player with upside because that's what middle stat has still um then it's a nice little pickup I do want to shout out while Val Nishushkin is out I think that Ross Colton is definitely worth a look in certain leagues even just from the eye test the other night at the Montreal game it was the first night Val was out um it kind of came as a out of the blue um for everyone and i'm sure for colorado and with that happening colton moved to power play one and that is an extremely effective power play one and five minutes into that game he had himself a power play goal so if colton can stay there he is a guy who can prove he's proven he can eat 20 minutes of ice easily and they might need him to they're one injury away from being in a very very scary place with their offense in colorado um brock talks about it often they lean on their top line in incredibly hard so colton is the piece that kind of can drive the rest i think he makes a nice little look and uh it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see what he can do for this next little bit while colorado kind of just uh weathers the storm around them so um i think all four of those are great options uh and uh yeah you know it's uh it's good that we have players jumping into good positions that can give us fantasy production instead of just having to uh to hope for the best with some other ones when we're seeing these injuries so um brock do you well have any, i guess any centers uh... you throw in yeah, I guess we know who your pick is in the next bucket because Ross Colton was coming up in the under 30% owned uh, oh. bucket. And, uh, so I'm sure I we don't have to so talk excited. too much more about that one. Yeah, you wanted to jump ahead before I even got a chance to talk about my favorite player in this bucket. Um, I'll, I'll actually, actually have different. a guy ahead of him in the bucket. So we'll uh, oh. I'll, I'll come back around. But, uh, oh but no, I felt Ross just deserved a nice shadow because I didn't think he'd get one. So. Yeah. Well, well, you were you definitely you were definitely going to have the floor here again in a few, but uh, I'm a little <laughs> different too. Like I, I do agree. I think that Charlie Coyle, Sean Couturier, Casey Middlestad, all pretty good pickups right now. Coyle, obviously on the top line, I think it is very attractive. But I would argue that Sam Bennett is in an equally of a sexy spot playing with Carter Verhage and Matthew Kachuk. This is one of the best lines in the entire NHL. They average 3.4 expected goals for per 60, 38 scoring chances, 16 high danger chances. Bennett's been hot lately, seven goals in his last 14 games, 11 points overall. The shot volume has been solid as well, close to three shots per game. Um, also, like we talked about, 
a lot. You got to try to buy low on Mac and Chuck. He's going to heat up. And boy, has he ever 18 points in his last nine games coming into this evening. Carter Verhage been nearly as hot 15 points in nine games over that span. Um, you know, doing some damage on the power play for sure, which the only is real knock on Bennett is, is he's kind of been locked on to PPP two for the majority of the season. But at 5v5, it's one of the best lines in the league, and Bennett's going to continue to get his. He's been kind of one of my favorite streaming options, one of my favorite pickups. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, following Bennett, Couture was kind of my next pick. Uh, so I'm in, in lockstep with you there. Uh, D, I've just been kind of fading the Bruins all year, and I'm just going to continue to do that and say, screw Charlie Coyle, I'll pick up somebody else. Uh, but the next bucket, I think we obviously know who uh, Beebs is going to be talking about. But in this bucket, we've got Phil Deneau, 24% owned. Ross Colton, shocking, at 23% owned for the Avs. Wyatt Johnson, 20% owned for the Dallas Stars. Chandler Stevenson, 19% owned for the Vegas Golden Knights. Ridley Gregg, 3% owned for the Ottawa Senators. And Morgan Frost, also 3% owned for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, just a quick kind of update in case people aren't able to consistently follow, you know, what player, uh, what line each player is on, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Chandler Stevenson is now the top line center in Vegas with Mark Stone, uh, with Jack Eichel and William Carlson currently uh, sideline, and then also the Dallas Stars decided to shake things up a little bit recently and moved Wyatt Johnston to the top line with Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson. He moved to the wing, uh, so not only is that an, obviously an impressive spot for Wyatt Johnston to be playing, but he could gain uh, additional wing eligibility. So those are two players that have really moved. Oh, sorry, and Ridley Gregg as well. Uh, with the Josh Norris injury, Ridley Gregg has been on the top line with Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux and has performed pretty well. So some of these players moving up the lineup uh, due to the same injuries that we're talking about. D, in this bucket, who's your favorite right now? It's got to be Wyatt. I mean, we're, we're going off an extremely small sample size. They just moved him up there for uh, Tuesday night's game. We've only seen one game out of him. All he did was pick up a goal and assist, uh, fire the puck on net four times. So this is what we've been waiting to see, right? We, we thought it would maybe be... Uh, Rupe Hintz, who would be the victim of Wyatt Johnson moving up the lineup, but um, just 20 years old and, you know, his production in a limited role has been off the charts, especially considering his age. So if he's somehow still out there in Dynasty Keeper Leagues, he's someone you need to move to act fast because we didn't know if this, you know, he was going to get this kind of opportunity this season, but apparently it's going to happen on the wing, which is fine by me as as long as you can get more minutes and more exposure to those big boys. I think the production is, is just going to uh, start flowing in and, and we'll really start to see the peak of his credential. And really the last step in stone he's got to hurdle here uh, is just that top power play unit still being sidelined in favor of Jamie Ben. We'll see if that changes. He obviously seems like the one um, that he could really supplant on that top power play unit with Pavelski, Hintz, Robertson, uh, and obviously Heiskanen once he's back, but for now Thomas Harley on the back end taking that fifth spot. So uh, yeah, really excited stuff out of Wyatt. Obviously, you know, this is a pretty, like I said, short-term development, so we'll see how that goes. But I like Greg a lot as well. I think to Beebs' point, Colton, especially in banger leagues um, where he throws the body around a little bit more. Uh, and that I think that second line is just going to continue to get more minutes too. I mean, Colton's been over 17 minutes for each of the last three games. So uh, a lot to like there. Deneau's on a nice little hot streak, but it looks like uh, maybe just a little bit more fortunate than anything else. Not necessarily a lot of extra chances or shot production coming out of him or his line. Um, so, I mean, shout out to Phil Deneau, but I don't think that one's going to last too much longer. Uh, and Chandler Stevenson, I mean, we've seen him get these kind of opportunities before. Uh, and has never really led to any sort of, uh, you know, significant concrete production. He did have a lot of assists over the last couple of seasons, but I just don't think the lack, or I do think the lack of goal scoring upside 
Uh, it just makes them hard to get excited about, and especially when we know it's just going to be a temporary situation. So I would go Wyatt and then Greg, and then, like I said, Colton's right up there with them, uh, the two of them for me as well. Yeah, we I had – um, sorry, I was just going to say with Chandler Stevenson, like they had a good game, the first game without Jack Eichel, but like largely – Stevenson and Mark Stone have struggled at 5v5. So it's hard to foresee them really being able to lock down that top line spot and dominating night in and night out, kind of like Jack Eichel was able to do uh, at the top of that lineup. Uh, just to your point, do you feel to know eight points in his last six games, two goals, six assists? Uh, the shot volume obviously remains kind of a bit of an issue with Wyatt Johnson. Um, you know, if he's going to stay there, like that is like, that's just insane, right? Like you have to just take that flyer on him while he's on that line uh basically the reason they made the move was mostly to try to get Wyatt going because he had been uh struggling quite a bit from December 7th to November, uh to January 10th just five points one goal in 16 games during that time so four shots one goal one assist his first game on that top line if he can continue to play in that spot you know, the, the potential is massive. I, I don't think that any of these other guys really have the same value um, that he has if he can remain in that spot. So uh, he was my pick as well. Beebs, you already talked about Ross Colton. I'm assuming Wyatt was the guy you had slightly ahead of him. Absolutely. And uh, and I kind of wanted to leave Wyatt there because, you know, we uh, Wyatt's D's boy. And, uh, and, and I love to see you pop off about him there because it, it, you, you nailed it. He's one step away from being in that perfect perfect position that we've just been waiting to see with that power play so this is beautiful get on it while you can and like brock said that little that little cold spurt there might have helped us here because we hear we had teams dropping wyatt johnson in in redraft leads and this could be your time to grab him kind of get ahead of the curb i do want a quick 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 shout out just because he's so low owned morgan frost down there i don't love picking him up quite yet but there is something brewing if he can prove that he's good enough to stay in that lineup and play both ends for uh for torts um frost impressed torts last week after two weeks ago after his uh his healthy scratch he went and saw him and torts came out and said you know i, I need that for my players and ever since morgan frost has been on line one and power play two and he has six points in his last eight games he has 19 shots during that time we're just seeing a lot of very good trends from frost which uh if he can keep up Keep this up. He led this team in 5v5 points last year. So um, Philly, we know it. They're a much, much improved team. And there's a, there's a couple nice pieces moving around there. Connect me, Owen Tippett, um, and other point producers. So I do think that Frost is worth a look if you're in those very, very deep leagues. Um, but we got some good names here across the board. But for me, it's going to go Wyatt. Ross Colton, I will say Chandler Stevenson, great to see you back, man. We've been, we, he was our guy last year for spot starts and uh, not our guy, but everyone's guy. He just was out there in every league. And I think he got picked up and dropped 40 times and he's right back to doing that same production. So uh, Chandler will be my, uh, my number four. And then my third one here, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. So, uh, so, so pretty much similar, similar kind of candidates here. I think all of these names are, are, should be more on than uh than their number at the moment and we'll see that um in the, in the upcoming days as these guys are added and people start to catch on to these trends yeah william carlson and eichel being out it could lead to just monster minutes for chandler stevenson uh the game was pretty well in hand the other night he played 18 20 but we've seen this guy well over uh 20 minutes before so if he continues to eat minutes he could be somebody that's definitely worth keeping an eye on and picking up. Like you said, he was somebody that was pretty popular to be picked up in the last couple of seasons, finished with I think the average or 65 points the last uh, two yeah. seasons and 19 minutes during both those years. So he's played a minute less this year and we've kind of seen the production go down. So I think like you said, you know, it's gonna, um, we can pick we're probably back up. Gonna see classic, 
classic Chandler. So uh, yeah, might as well jump on it while you can. And there's nothing better than time on ice for fantasy stats. So opportunist opportunistic Chandler, as they call him Uh, some wingers (laughs) that are injured at the moment. You got Jeff Skinner continues to be sidelined uh, for at least a few more weeks by the looks of things. Patrick Kane, unclear exactly how much time he's going to miss, but he's been rock solid since uh, joining the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, He's going to be out for at least one more game. He missed tonight. He's going to miss at least the rest of this road trip. They're going to reevaluate him when he gets home. And then they're probably going to release an injury. Uh, The fact that he didn't just like immediately fly back home, I believe he's still with the team suggests that it's not like overly serious, but again, uh, Patrick Kane still out for the Red Wings. Then you got Val Nichushkin joined the player assistance program out indefinitely. And then Alex Ovechkin continues to deal with a nagging lower body injury. Um, looks like he could be back t- as soon yeah. as tomorrow. Uh, but I, I think that this is something that he might continue to deal with as the season progresses because it, it just doesn't seem to be going away for him. But all right. Uh, between 50 and 30% owned, here are your next waiver wire pickups in the bucket. You got Jonathan Drouin of the uh, Colorado Avalanche, 46% owned. Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel, 44 and 43% owned, respectively, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gustav Nyquist makes another appearance on the show, 40% owned for the Nashville Predators. Igor Sharon Govich, 39% owned for the Calgary Flames. Alexis Lafreniere, 38% owned for the New York Rangers. Joel Farabee, 38% owned for the Flyers. Dawson Mercer, 37% owned for the New Jersey Devils. And lastly, Troy Terry, right winger for the Anaheim Ducks, 36% owned. D, you've been sitting here all by yourself without anybody to talk to for the last five minutes. Who is your pickup in this bucket? I, I think there's a lot of good options here. So hopefully, um, you know, I, I, there's five or six names I'd be happy to to find room for on my roster if I was in need of a spot. So hopefully at least one of these guys that we're going to talk about is available in your league, the listeners league. Um, if I'm going for upside, it's kind of hard to ignore what Igor's done lately, Sharon Govich out in Calgary. Um, you know, the lines metrics aren't phenomenal at 5v5, but no one's outside of the backlands line really is that too phenomenal in Calgary. So I, at the same time, Sharon Govich, Lindholm, Huberto, they're still creating a lot of chances at 5v5. It's a high event hockey, 33 scoring chances per 60. Uh, I think about 10 or 11 high danger chances. So nothing spectacular, but just the amount of ice time he's been getting um, and that exposure to those offensive minor players has really done him some good. And, you know, we're going back almost uh, half the season to date now where he's just locked down really a first-line role for the Calgary Flames. Over his last 23 games, he's got 19 minutes and 43 seconds average time on ice. He scored 13 times over those 23 games, added eight assists, so 21 points across his last 23 games. Uh, shot volume has gone up as well, as you could expect, shooting 62 times. So maybe a little bit of regression there coming in his shooting percentage. But even in his years in New Jersey, he was consistently shooting around 14 15%. So this is a guy with a serious shot who's getting a lot of opportunity to put it to work now. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of upside, untapped potential, it's hard not to get excited about Sharon Govich. He was someone that I really liked uh, coming out of New Jersey in that trade. And I thought if he got an expanded role in Calgary, he could really do some work. Uh, this is probably even better than what I, I thought we might see, to be honest. So um, for me, he's probably the the way I'm leaning right now. But I mean, Farabee has been super productive lately. Obviously, uh, Raquel's in a great spot on that top line with Gensel and Crosby. Um, has done work there in the past. Uh, Russ is almost at a point per game this season. So uh, I think there's a lot of ways you can go here. Obviously, Nyquist really solidified his role on that top line with O'Reilly and Forsberg. Brock, you've talked about how good that line's been at 5v5, uh, and he's seen all the power play time as well. So, yeah, I think uh, any of these guys, if they're available in your league, are make for some worthy replacements right now, so long as they hold down uh, the roles that they have. 
Yeah, and uh, just a note, uh, Brian Rust actually replaced Ricard Raquel in the top power play unit at Penguins practice on Wednesday. But yeah, Sharon Govich has been just tremendous, right? Um, I think a lot of Flames fans weren't totally pleased when that trade happened, and he's really done a nice job. Um, uh, you know, a lot of, a couple was it two years ago where he was just excellent on uh, Jack Hughes's wing, and then now this year with Elias Lindholm, he's been really, really good. Uh, you talked about how the Nyquist line's been extremely good at 5v5. Another line that might be one of the best lines in the NHL at 5v5 is the New York Rangers' second line with Panarin and Trocek and Alexi Lafreniere. And Lafreniere has been uh, playing extremely well as of late. And I think the one thing that I absolutely love has been the shot volume. The shot volume has been absolutely outstanding for Lafreniere as of late. He has averaged 3.2 shots per game over his last 14 games. He's finished just two games with only one shot in that time. He's getting you know three, four shots every single night, 10 points during that 14-game span. He's shot just 6.7% during that stretch. So the shot volume is there. The, sh- uh, the shooting percentage is still... Uh, leaves quite a bit to be desired, but he's a 13.6% career shooter, so you'd expect nearly double the amount of goals during that time. He continues to play on a line with Panarin and Trocek that has been absolutely dominant all season. They lead the uh, Rangers in 5v5 ice time almost every single night, and I think Lafreniere has a lot to offer moving forward, and if that shot volume continues, I think that the goal production is certainly going to follow here in the near future. Uh, Beebs, tell us why it's Jonathan Drouin. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a reason he's the most rostered guy on here, and it's funny we were talking about him. I believe at six percent or something like that a few weeks ago. Um, who would have thought uh, that he stayed in the exact same position that we talked about? He continued to eat up more ice, and uh, he's only succeeded. I'm actually mind blown, bro, uh, that every single game that goes by that Colorado hasn't signed this guy um, beyond this year because he legitimately looks like the perfect fit on that top line, and I mean. Uh, like you're playing with two two of the better bet players in the world, it's uh they could definitely make you look look good. But he just flows so nice with everything going on in Colorado. They have a really weird transition game, and he's working. And because of that, he's earned himself 23-38 average time on ice in the last 17 games, which has led to 17 points for Drew Man. I think at this point, it's more just you know if he's out there in your league, you you have to grab him with this type of ice time. We saw him play 28-16 in a victory over Boston last week. That's a forward on 28 minutes of ice. That's uh, that's pretty insane. Colorado is just going to abuse that line. Mishushkin going down, as unfortunate as it is, it, it, it just means more ice time for these top six players that are going to have to lock it down. I said it for Colton. So, Durant, I expect a continued 20-plus a night. He's now gone nine games over 20 minutes, so it's just going to keep happening. And uh, we preached about the previous guys. It's Time of ice is phenomenal, but no, I want to shout out another guy because that was way too easy. Ricard Raquel is also another one that we brought up during that Duran episode. He's probably not getting as many looks here because he's not on PP one out in Pittsburgh, but since he's been moved to that top line with Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby, who are Crosby's just on, on fire lately. You love to see Raquel has. Yeah, you absolutely. I, I don't think there's one person who doesn't love seeing Sid put up points, and uh, it's just a beautiful thing. The game is flowing when that's happening. But uh, Ricardo Kell, in the last 12 games since being moved up there, 33 shots on goal, and that has led to 12 points, which is five goals, seven assists. 
And uh, as mentioned, not doing it from a top power play spot. So 11 of those 12 points are even strength. Ryan Rust has jumped up to top power play, um, but that power play struggled across the board. Um, it's been well documented this season. And uh, if Raquel continues to play like he is, he's still averaging 1951 while not touching top power play. That just goes to show how much time he's actually getting in 5v5, which uh, is impressive. So Raquel, I do think really deserves a shout out here, but um but again, it's like Duran, it's for all the exact same reasons that we gave two weeks ago. Um, the things are just continuing to happen. And uh, when players are in these positions, they are going to ex- succeed. And uh, both these guys have kind of just done exactly what we hoped. They've proven they can stay there and they have uh, given fantasy owners everything they deserve for taking a chance on these guys. Uh, so, yeah, so it's uh, I think we have some really good names here again, though. They're, it's just crazy how juicy the free agency market is. The fact that Sidney Crosby's on pace for 50 goals for the first time since 2010 is absolutely love it. insane. Uh, awesome. D, your uh, your Sidney Crosby heart futures are looking okay. Your Sidney Crosby bust futures are looking pretty poor. <laughs> That's why we hedge, man. That's why we hedge. Hey, I said, <laughs> I just said, I said a generational talent was going to fall off this year and, and fall off the fantasy radar. I uh, I just leaned the, long, the wrong way. My, uh, my love and dedication to shot volume. Uh, led me astray this time and, and going with Ovi over Crosby. I was dedicated to picking one of them uh, and to just falling off this uh, the godly production they had. And uh, credit to Sid, right, you know, and I don't so hate to see it because, like you said, I got some futures out there with his name on it. So if he drags them to the playoffs with the power play as bad as it has been so far, this I think year, it was 100, by the way, which is just yeah, he, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. If he does loss. that, he can go to the all or he can go to the trophy ceremony with his best friend Nate and he can watch Nate accept that award because there's no way it's getting away from McKinnon. He can bring his best friend D there if he needs to, because he's got him 100 to 1, baby. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, I just really quickly, um, talking about Jonathan Duran, Valerie Achushkin, I think it's just worth reiterating that Arturi Lekkanen's return is right around the corner. He's still as imminent 6% home. Um, and he's going to most likely return to power play one upon his return as well, probably bumping Ross Colton from that uh, unit, to be fair, for those people who have already rushed to the waiver wire pickup, Ross Colton. <laughs> from, Scrap that uh, whole segment. Yeah, Beeb's popping off about him for eight minutes. Um, next on the list, or I guess the next bucket, Max Pacioretty, 27% owned. I think it was last week or two weeks ago we, we said that we expect Pacioretty's uh, return to be pretty slow, and that's been the case thus far. But uh, I think he's going to start getting ramped up here. 27% owned for the Capitals at the moment. Jordan Everly. 23% owned for the Red Hot Seattle Kraken. Andrew Mangiapane, 18% owned for the Calgary Flame. TJ Oshie for the Washington Capitals, 16% owned. D's former boy, Morgan Geeky, 13% owned. Jack Quinn of the Buffalo Sabres, 4% owned. And uh, Beebs' favorite rookie, Connor Zari, 3% owned. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start here with D. Uh, and uh, who your favorite pickup is, just really quickly an update on Max Pacioretty. So far, one goal, two assists, three points in seven games. The shot volume, 12 shots on goal in seven games, not really uh, close to what we've come to expect from uh, Max Pacioretty in recent years, playing 15 minutes a night. But he has ramped up 17 minutes in, in recent games, so maybe a sign of things to come. But D, uh, of this group, who is your favorite? I wish I could say it was Morgan Geeky, but uh, you know, we talked about how much that value was just tied to him centering that top line and you know that's uh is not the case as we spoke about earlier charlie coyle has taken his role he provided some really nice value for us geeky did while he was up there he had 14 points in a 15 game stretch playing just under 17 minutes at night and now he's pointless in his last three it's just you know too predictable he's not on the first power play unit at all either so obviously you know you can only be so productive when you're playing a bottom six role 
uh, on a team like the Bruins this season. So uh, Geeky's going to be a pass for me. Honestly, none of these names uh, get me anywhere near as excited as any of the three groups we talked about. To this point, I think Mangiapane is a, a fine bet, but he's more of like a, just a short-term streamer for me because he's getting some great exposure um, to back on Coleman at 5v5, and that line just tends to dominate their opposition. Uh, but the lack of power play time, or at least with the first unit, turns me off there. Uh, Connor Zari is still allergic to shooting the puck. Looks like a nice young player, though. Pacioretty obviously hasn't looked like himself. We'll see what happens once Obi comes back, if that helps with his upside. Everly and Oshie, I just have a hard time getting excited about at this point. So that leaves me with Jack Quinn. Uh, I, I like Jack Quinn, and I, I do think this is a guy whose role is a bit more solidified than any of the other names we talked about. He's back playing with his boy John Jason Paterka and Dylan Cousins. Uh, a line that we saw play, I think it was like over 300 minutes together last year. And they were fantastic last season at uh, over 36 scoring chances for 60. And they kind of picked up right where they left off. You know, defensively haven't been quite as strong, but neither has that team uh, at all. But, you know, offensively, we're still seeing a lot of chances, a lot of high event hockey coming out of this line. Expected four goals for 60 at even strength, 32 scoring chances, 15 high danger chances. Uh, and with the injuries they've had, like he's just been forced into playing more, which is great to see because we were really hoping for that coming out of a season a year ago where he put up 37 points in 75 games as a 21 year old while playing less than 14 minutes of ice. So definitely hinted to us that there was potential for more and potential for a, a bit of a breakout here. If Quinn was able to lock down a larger role, Paterka's obviously done that to this point. I think mean, cousins is uh, rejuvenating his season a little bit. So, and again, I'd expect the three of these guys to stick together a little bit um, given the fact that they did for over 300 minutes last season. So I, I feel really good about Jack Quinn right now. Uh, I think he's a nice little sneaky pickup in, in deeper leagues. Um, and certainly just to me, seems like he has more upside aside from maybe Morgan Geeky moving back up the lineup uh, than any of the other guys in this bucket. I, uh, I want to pop off about Connor Zari, but I can't, but I will say, um, you know, after last week's uh, potential absolute sleeper Calder trophy, it's great to see him on power play one in Calgary. But as D said, he does not shoot enough to get me excited for me. It is the old true and trustworthy Jordan Everly for me. I feel bad calling him old. I, I more meant he's just, he's been there. He's been there for us for the last couple of years. And he is right back doing that. The reason why I like him here is just, it's just situational. He's power play one. He's line one. Um, pretty much the same as patch ready, except for, I just kind of trust him to play a little bit more of ice time. Um, we've seen some, some great signs from Patch Ready, as Brock mentioned. We saw 17 minutes of ice last week. I got very excited as someone with three stocks in him, but then we saw 14 the next day. So if he's only going to variate from 17 to 14, I don't love that too much. But Jordan Ebley in his last six games, obviously a small sample size, but that's also the new year in itself. He's got five points in his last six, including 10 shots um, while playing 17-13 on, again, top line, top power play. Situational, I think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're praying, not praying, but you're really hoping that you get just like a point or some type of counting stat out of these guys. And I think that's someone who's in that position. Like Everly is your best bet at that for, uh, you know, if you're just throwing, throwing dynamite into the, in the water and praying you catch a fish. So um, yeah, I'll go Jordan Everly. I can't believe I'm saying that in 2024, but very exciting fine. stuff. He is. Yeah. Woo. He, wow. Um, I just wanted to run it back here into the last bucket for a second. Uh, I wanted to talk about Troy Terry and I forgot to uh, Leo Carlson returning should definitely help. Um, and Troy Terry, 14 points in his last 17 games. Uh, shot volumes remain strong. The playing time is massive over 21 minutes. The last two games getting Leo Carlson back is definitely going to help that line for the ducks. I think he's deserving of a show in that last bucket. Um, 
we've glossed over TJ Oshie a little bit. Like Jordan Eberle, TJ Oshie, again, hilarious in 2024 to be talking about. But Oshie's been better lately, uh, mostly injured the entire first half of the season. Uh, three goals, two assists, five points, 19 shots on goal in his last six games. I, I think that that's worthy of a mention, especially given kind of the lack of quality on the wings uh, in in Washington. I think that Oshie's going to continue to see minutes. But yeah, my guy, Jack Quinn, I've uh, been a big fan for a while. I think he's still my favorite pickup in this group. Uh, a little nerve wracking. They didn't skate today because the game got postponed and uh, they didn't even end up like they ended up playing and ended up skating. So we didn't get a good look at the lines. They did break up that line. Um, they broke up like all four lines. They just did some outrageous shit the other night. I don't expect it to stick. Like I think it was Cousins, Quinn, and Zemgis Gergensons. I don't think that's going to last very long. But yeah, Quinn, uh, if he remains with Dylan Cousins, he remains in the top power play unit in Buffalo. I think he's certainly the pickup. Uh, the shot volume has been just as, as, as strong as, as ever. Um, and, and I like what you get out of Jack Quinn in the spot that he is likely uh, to be in, in that Buffalo lineup. So the, I will go with Jack Quinn, double down on Jack, but I do think TJ Oshie is decent. And I do think, I do think that Max Pacioretty is probably going to have some relevancy here in the near future, but uh, just need to see a little bit more shot volume out of him before I get too, too excited. Uh, but let's, before we get to the Betway bets of the day, we're going to turn it over to D for D's Weekend Streamers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, thank you, Brock. Just give me a second to pull it up because I closed out the tab. because uh, that's the way we like to do it here. We keep it. You're just letting it marinate for everyone at home who's sitting at home waiting to waiting to dive in. Exactly. Wait. For well, the real it. reason I threw it to you is because I also closed the bets, so I, I was like, one of us <laughs> is going to be prepared here, and I know it's not me, so it better be you, and it wasn't. So let's go <laughs> these weekend streamers. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That perfectly delayed there, Brock. Uh, great job. I am ready now. Um, so yeah, we got streamers this weekend. Last weekend, as uh, you may or may not me heard me yell at the end of the podcast there was no teams playing friday sunday uh which is why we did not have a streamer segment on the show a bunch of one-man pickups um but now this weekend we're kind of back to normal here 
Uh, we got four games on Friday, 12 on Saturday, six on Sunday. So obviously, as per usual, we're going to be looking at those guys rocking the Friday-Sunday schedule. Four teams to go through, so we'll try to rip through them quickly here. Uh, starting us off, we got the Carolina Hurricanes. They are hosting two games this weekend. First, the Red Wings coming to town on Friday, and then they welcome the Wild on Sunday. Uh, Toivo Teravainen, uh, Turbo, a guy that you know has kind of fallen out of fantasy circles uh, over the last couple of seasons, but back up on the top line with Aho and Shveshnikov. He's got left wing, right wing eligibility, thirty five percent owned. Uh, also, seen some time with the second power play unit. Uh, you know, never going to have the most goal scoring upside. Shot volume has always been an issue with Teravainen, even when. He was at his fantasy peak. He was always an assist first guy, but he does have four points in his last four games. Again, just seven shots on goal over that stretch. So um, not the most upside heading into the weekend, but uh, a pair of good home matchups for him. Uh, and even without that top power play time, I think he's a safe bet to pad your assist totals this weekend. So long as he's skating with the red hot Aho and Sveshnikov. Uh, and then other than that, I mean, you can imagine team like the Hurricanes, most of their top six, most of the guys that are, are fantasy relevant are well above any sort of threshold that would crack the streaming segment here. But Michael Bunting is worth a bit of a shout out just because, as you'll see, there's not a whole lot of other great options this weekend. And, you know, the the guys that we do like and, and some pretty good uh, spots in their lineup are, are going to be looking at some pretty tough matchups. So Michael Bunting, worth a mention here, left wing, 29% owned, a lot less upside than Teravainen skating on that second line. Um, hasn't been near Teravainen in terms of his usage ice time over the last couple of weeks, but he is on the first power play unit. So he's not my favorite target, but I think he's a decent bet if you're chasing power play points this weekend. It's worth noting the Wild in particular for that Sunday matchup are fourth last in the NHL with a penalty kill percentage of 72.8%. Up next, we got Brock's Red Wings. They are in Carolina, as we said, on Friday before hosting the Lightning on Sunday. So, you know, not the best matchups, uh, but we got a couple of names worth mentioning here. David Perron, left wing, right wing, eligible, 43% owned. And the always out there, never productive JT Comfer, left wing, right wing, eligible somehow even though he's played center almost this entire season does not have center eligibility figure it out yahoo uh 22 on for comfort both staples in the red wings top six both on the team's top powerful unit as well with Kane out right now uh perone offers a bit of a higher ceiling i don't think you know anyone would argue that uh not as widely available though obviously at 43 percent comfort sees a ton of ice time but hasn't been able to take advantage of it shocker um they are worth a mention though given that their usage and their exposure to the likes of larkin to bring out lucas raymond uh, schedule does mean there's definitely better options out there this weekend and Carolina and Tampa Bay, both killing penalties at an over 80% clip. Uh, though Tampa, um, as you guys might be aware, have surrounded their fair share of five E five goals this weekend. So I do think there's some decent upside to consider here as well, especially considering the usage. Uh, and then we got the wild, uh, in Florida on Friday before, as I said earlier, traveling to Carolina on Sunday. And again, matchups are not great at all. So we're not going to go super down far the list here even though there is some, you know, decent options in their top six that we would normally speak about, you know, the likes of Marcus Johansson, not going to get a shout out, even though I just said his name, uh, but still need to give a love to a couple friends of the show. First of which is Brock Faber, uh, defenseman, 39% owned. His ownership has soared since we last talked about him, but Faber still available in over 60% of leagues, continues to eat a ton of minutes. Uh, and his upside as the quarterback of their first power play unit only grew with Kaprizov's reintroduction into Minnesota's lineup. He's got a or there's a decent chance, again, with Sunday, six games on the slate, you might only be able to fit in a defenseman into your lineup. So if that's the case, I think Faber is probably the best option you'll find that's going to be available in more than 50% of leagues. And as we've said before on the show, it possesses more long-term value on the blue line than you typically find in the free agent pool. So I still love Faber long-term, and obviously the schedule lines up this weekend as well for the short term. So uh, five assists in his last six games, no goals over that span, but he is firing the puck on net at a respectable clip, 13 shots on goal across those six games, and his heavy usage means 
He's going to continue to be a good source of hits and block shots and formats that account for those statistics as well. And then the other name I need to mention here, despite the tough matchups, uh, is Marco Rossi, 9% owned. He's bounced up and down the lineup all season. He's gone pointless in his last five, but so long as he's skating with Kirill Kaprizov and Matsu Kirill at 5v5 like he is right now, he's going to be worth a mention here. Uh, if he ever gets an extended run centering that line and perhaps sneaks on the top power play unit, uh, I really do think we could see his production take off. We've talked about that a lot this year, but for now, he's a solid streaming option in deeper leagues. And then finally, we got the Islanders who are in Chicago on Friday and then host the Stars on Sunday who will be on a back-to-back. So in terms of matchups, aside from the Hurricanes, this is probably as good as we're going to get this weekend. The Islanders' top nine, currently a bit of a mess. They've got bars all down centering the third line, so I would not be shocked if these lines change by the weekend. But we do still have a couple of reliable streaming options available here. And Anders Lee, left wing, 30% owned. And Brock's boy, Kyle Palmieri, right wing, 6% owned. Uh, Lee has endured a tough season to date, currently skating on the team's de facto first line, though, which is centered by Brock's boy, Brock Nelson. Uh, fresh off a two-goal game is Anders Lee. He's been playing better of late with 10 shots on goal across his last four games. Uh, he is limited to a role in the second power play unit, which does cap his upside, so just keep that in mind. And I think Paul Mary, uh, to Brock's credit, is a great target in deeper leagues this weekend, particularly for that Friday game in Chicago. Obviously, that's a fantastic matchup. Uh, still holding down a role in their top six as well, and he's on the top power play unit. Pointing this in his last three, but has shown to be able to put the puck on net in bunches when he gets the ice time, which he has been of late. Eight shots on goal his last time out. Didn't score on one of them, uh, but certainly worth a mention for that feat. And I think he could be a cheap source of shots and goals this weekend. Uh, and then we'll just take a quick look in net here. We got plenty of teams rocking the Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. So just going to throw out a couple of my favorite projected spot starts and goal for Sunday's six-game slate if you need to get desperate uh, and, and try to swing some goalie categories or try to pick up some extra points on the last day of the week. Samuel Erson, 35% owned. Erson? Erson? Uh, didn't check his reference page before coming into this. Uh, whichever you want to call him. Uh, his ownership has climbed of late as yeah, he continues to eat into Carter Hart's workload. Uh, they've been in a bit of a rotation of late. Uh, if that stays the same, it's going to line up where Hart will be a net against the Avalanche on Saturday, which would leave Urson to take on the Senators in a very favorable matchup on Sunday. So Samuel Urson will be a hot commodity off the waiver wire on Sunday. And then Jonathan Quick, uh, 41% owned that ownership has dropped a bit of late, as we predicted on this show. Shocker. His numbers have fallen back down to earth. Igor Shesterkin has regained control of that crease. But the Rangers are doing the Southern California back-to-back this weekend, which means Igor will likely get the Kings on Saturday, leaving quick to take on the Ducks in Anaheim on Sunday. You should expect the Rangers to be heavy favorites there. So a really nice spot start for Johnny Quick on Sunday. Uh, and then... The Leafs, man, I mean, they're in Vancouver Saturday, Seattle on Sunday. Someone else aside from Martin Jones is theoretically going to start one of these two games. Joseph Wall did travel with the team, which makes you think he's got at least a possibility of starting one of those two games. I think he's ready to go this weekend. Um, He would probably get the Saturday game, leaving Jones to face his old team on Sunday. Uh, If he's not able to go, then that opens the door for either Samsonov at 33% owned or Dennis Hildeby. The Hildebys, who did not get to start while he was up at the big club at 2% owned. Considering they're on the West Coast and Hildebees with the Marlies, I would expect that it'd be Samsonov on Sunday if Wall is still unable to go this weekend. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think if he's ready, I, I think it makes sense for Wall to play Saturday. You got Jones against his old team in Seattle on Sunday. Jones is at 69% owned, but I would not be shocked if Wall returns ahead of that game uh, if he gets dropped in a fair amount of leagues. Uh, so just keep an eye out because if he gets dropped and clears waivers in time and you know maybe we'll see what happens with the Thursday game, um, then I think Martin Jones could potentially be available on your wire and, and be in a really nice spot against his former team because uh, rightly or wrongly, the Leafs will be favored 
in Seattle on Sunday. So there you go. Uh, not as many options as usual, but still some good names to go after and target this weekend and hopefully steal your matchups. Yeah, I do not think Joseph Wall will be back. Uh, they said that he is traveling, but I, he's mostly skating by himself, not with the team. So with that being the case, I doubt uh, he'll That's be back. No and then, yeah, and then with Sam Sonoff uh, having actually a pretty strong performance against the Red Wings despite the loss the other night, I do anticipate that it will most likely uh, be him rather than the Hill the Beast. Uh, Sam Sonoff actually didn't look too, too bad against a stellar Detroit Red Wings team. Uh, but those were D streamers. And now this is the Betway of bets of the day. We're looking at a, I believe it's a 10 game slate for Thursday. The first yep. pick might surprise you a little bit, but I'm going to go Chicago Blackhawks plus 225 on the money line. Um, pretty outrageous line against a Buffalo Sabres team that's been pretty mediocre, to put it lightly. And this Blackhawks team's actually played pretty tough. Uh, since losing Connor Bedard defensively, they've been locked down. Every game's been tight, low scoring. Um, and at plus, you know, 225, there's some plus 250 out there. Keeping it close is pretty much all you can ask for. And they've done a really nice job defensively, uh, despite, you know, missing so many bodies. Uh, the other one is the New York Rangers. They're in Vegas taking on the Golden Knights at minus 125. Um, just makes a lot of sense to me. This is a Vegas team that does not have a lot of forwards. They cannot match up the way they want to without William Carlson. Obviously, Jack Eichel is a line that would match up against the opposition's top six. That kind of leaves them to match up with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, who, as I mentioned earlier, have not been great at 5v5. So, uh, you know, they might do a half-decent job against Abanajad or Panarin, but I figure whichever line does not see uh, them is probably going to have a big night. So I think that the odds there are pretty nice for the New York Rangers minus 125 in Vegas. I also have been fading the Boston Bruins rightly or wrongly pretty much the entire season. And the abs on at plus money always seem like a fair bet. Uh, they are plus 120 in Boston. I do think that these two teams are fairly similar, especially given some of the injury concerns that the abs have had, but the Bruins, by and large, are a mediocre team with outstanding goaltending. And uh, as long as the Avs can get you know reasonable goaltending, which they have struggled to, uh, for the most part, I, I like the abs here at plus 120. And that's going to do it for not only the Betway bets of the day, but that is going to do it for Season 9, Episode 28 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by Betway. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With you, as always, we got Michael Biebs, Bondi, Dylan D. Berthium. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys back here next week. Rip over to those wires. Start sprinting. Grab all those names. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 